field. That one's called to the right. Hunter on the move. Racing back. It's over his head. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. This is Red Sox Beat on CLNS Radio. I think it would be a big statement if John Farrell started Travis Shaw on opening day, and I'd be totally cool with it because I think it would. It, it, if that doesn't give Sandoval motivation to, to play better defense and play better, period, nothing will. I think they're going to make Jeter that first unanimous vote, and I hate that about baseball writers. If you belong in the Hall of Fame, you get voted in the Hall of Fame. Achievement or a new milestone. So don't just be like, hey, we, we signed this player for another ceremony. No, no. Like Now, to your hosts. Hi, Red Sox fans. Welcome to Red Sox Beat Podcast here on CLNS Radio. CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of New England professional sports. Of course, of course, you can follow CLNS on social media. Twitter is just at CLNS Radio. Facebook is facebook.com backslash CLNS fans. Don't forget to add, download the CLNS Radio free mobile app on uh, iOS and Android as well. Simply just search CLNS Radio and you'll find it. Um, follow us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore B. On Facebook, it's just Red Sox Beat Podcast. Uh, if you haven't rated and reviewed and subscribed to us on iTunes, that'd be phenomenal. Um, share the word, Stitcher, if you're listening to us there. Thank you. Anywhere, really. And if you're listening to us, we appreciate it. Um, and a lot going on. Three weeks, Jess. Three weeks until opening day. Uh, 21 days, that is, according to Lauren. Uh, she's not here this, uh, this week, though. Family emergency. So I hope everything's going well there. She'll be back next week, most likely. But uh, Jess, it's getting close. It's get, We're getting two feet of snow, but it's getting close. Yeah, that's the thing. A couple of days ago, I was like, oh, baseball soon. And then it's like, hey, by the way, we're going to get a foot and a half of snow. And I was like, well, that's not really baseball weather. <laughs> yeah, and they're supposed to be at Fenway in three weeks. Right, because the first game's home, which, like, never happens. No, it's weird that they're starting at home. But it'll probably be cold and hope. I mean, you never know. It's been 70 degrees the last, like, month, so it might melt. It'll probably be, like, 85. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. We, got two, we got a whole month in February. Like, didn't snow. We got, like, 70-degree days, and I was in shorts. And now it's going to get two feet in the middle of March. It's ridiculous. Right. So I guess either opening day is going to be like 20 degrees or it's going to be like 80. I hope it's 80. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at, least, at, least for, at least for fans' sake, if for nothing else, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I know. And look, I mean, it's weird they're starting at Fenway, but I mean, it'd be nice if we can get that game in. Hopefully it doesn't get snowed out or something. Um, right. A lot going on in the Red Sox world. And of course, it's not a Red Sox beat podcast without us touching on David Price being a baby. Um, so he's talking about... Um, he, and he's being all butthurt. This is how the fans don't know, uh, really know him as a person, really cares about how he pitches. Um, and this, we kind of touched on this last week, but uh, even more now, it's coming out that he really shows how much he cares about what people think. And that shows right there to me that he's not, he, he's not meant to pitch in this market if he really does care what people think that much. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a really telling article that Stan Grossfeld wrote for, uh, for the uh... – the Globe. I was just six days ago, so it was right after our last show, and it was it was a coffee and conversation with David Price at six forty five a.m. That was the name of it, and he just had a little sit down, driving the car, and uh, just chatted with Price, and it it was going so well. Like you read the article, and like they were talking about stuff, and like the different things that Price does for charity, and you know he brings in like Dunkin' Donuts for the guys in the team. Like seemed like a really good guy. They talked about his dog. They talked about that he's that he's. Uh, about to have a kid in like a couple months and all this stuff and then all of a sudden right at the end he goes sour and he's like uh he's the exact i have the exact thing here um he said 
tell me something about you that people don't know. Surprise me. And Price said, people in Boston don't know anything about me. The only thing I have to do is pitch good. People don't care about what I do or the type of person I am. That doesn't matter. And Grossfeld said, it matters to me. Price said, it doesn't matter to these people in Boston. I've got to go out there and earn respect by pitching well, period. It's the only thing that's going to turn the page for me in Boston. I've got to go out there and dominate. People don't care what I do off the field. And he said, you don't care. You don't think they care if you're a good person or not? He said, no, no chance. They don't care. If they care, I wouldn't have went through all the crap I went through last year. If they cared, period. You have to be in my shoes if you lived it. Like, man. Like, come on. What? Like, he's being a crybaby. Yeah, like, he just went total. Yeah. He just went total wine mode. He's like, nah, nobody likes me. Nobody cares they like me. But really, man? Like, you gotta, you gotta, you can't worry about that stuff. No. Like, honestly, no. There's gonna be times where people don't like you. There's gonna be times where people do like you. But you can't, you can't say, like, in an interview. I know he's like, I don't care what people will think, so I can say whatever I want. But, man, that's, like, the probably the dumbest thing you could possibly say. And how ridiculous is it, too? Because literally, he's he's literally complaining and whining in a Globe article. Like he knows people are going to see this, and he knows people are going to read this in detail and talk about it on shows like ours. Tons of people. Everybody's going to read this. And, and now this is in stone. This is written down. This is old school newspaper. This is in a paper somewhere, hardcore, ready to go. And anytime that he he sucks this year, this is coming out. Oh, what do you think now? Yeah, okay, well you know uh, we must not really like you because you're not pitching well, David Price. <laughs> like. This is this is not a good look for the guy. I know he's he's coming back. He's um, supposedly throwing a little bit soon. This isn't a good look for the guy who's supposedly supposed to be one of the aces of the staff. Yeah, and it's like I thought this was like, going to be like a really nice article, like a get to know you article and stuff. And I was really enjoying it until that happened, and it just totally ruined the entire thing for me. And I was like, man, he had to and go he could there, have, and he had the opportunity to like amend a lot of this and just tell people things about him and like let us get to know david Price a little bit you know like he had that opportunity and right. that was a layup question it wasn't like they were fishing for anything he was literally asking him for something to make him look good and he came up with that answer and then he asked follow-up questions to, to try to like fix what he said and they made it worse yeah like, <laughs> what you they doing? were trying hard wrong he was you? trying so hard to let david price you look good you know write this feel-good article make red sox fans actually like him and instead of using that to his advantage there, he's like, ah, oh, they don't like me unless I pitch well. Like, dude, he's he's literally handing you a good reputation on a silver platter, and you didn't take it. That's, like, probably the reason he did this. <laughs> yeah. He just totally, just totally ruined it in every way. And, of course, like he said, everyone's talking about it. We're talking about it. People read it. People are writing articles about it. And the really telling thing for me is that, that our old good friend Adam Ballou, who has been a nonstop David Price defender this entire time all season everyone's like man what's wrong with you and then he wrote an article for CLNS uh, a couple days like three or four days ago and it was titled David Price just shut up already and he wrote the whole article about how he's being a total baby and that basically he was saying he was offended because because he's been defending Price all this time and then Price just basically insults him and says nobody cares about me and Adam's like well I care about you that's why I've been defending you all this time so like he's like trying to like lose the only fans he has that actually care about him yeah because that's he's telling. very annoying he's actually getting to the point where he's annoying like I'm one to bash David Price but I will defend him if he pitches well but like at the same time a guy like Adam when he starts coming at you and tells you to shut up you know something's wrong you know something's going on and yeah, that's bad. I'm curious Jess what like his manager or whatever told him this was about because you know it's not just him making these decisions because if he went into this knowing this was going to be like a puff piece, did he have the plan to say stuff like this to get the word out? Because we know his Twitter rants are, are becoming famous, if not already. And now being told about this story and being told about why he's being interviewed, 
did he have this prepared knowing these questions were coming? Because don't they prepare these guys a little bit ahead of time for some of these questions? I don't know. You wonder with something like this because, you know, it was just like, a, oh, let's drive in and let's just chat. So, like, it kind of made it seem like he wouldn't have those questions. But, like, but the way – but, the, like, the, the questions that, he, that Grossfeld asked – kind of made it seem like he didn't know because he was like well you matter to me like he was like almost getting like offended by price's answers like wow i mean you said this but i like i i'm giving you a chance here like i i, I like you so why wouldn't other people you know like, he kind of yeah the way the way that it kind of went down made it seem like it wasn't planned at all yeah and it's i guess that's true um and if it's not planned david price should know better like he knows that we don't like him so don't make it worse <laughs> you're here you're, you're pitching in boston you're, you're coming you're trying to figure out how to stay healthy just Say the right things and get over yourself. Like, I don't get this guy sometimes. Right. And, then, I mean, there's even a little more. I, I didn't even completely read uh, uh, everything everything in it. And he, he said, I'm David Price, the pitcher. I'm not a person. And Grossfeld said, you're David Price, the human being. He said, oh, I appreciate that, but you're not everyone in Boston. And he's like, how do you change that? And he's like, well... I'm going to continue to treat people the way I expect to be treated. I'm going to respect people. I have fun on Twitter. Boston's not going to change that. I don't care. I'm not going to change to come here and change to please people in Boston. No chance, man. And then Grossfeld tried again. He said, we can do something about it. People don't know you're bringing coffee to the trainers at 6.45 a.m. And, of course, Price said, people don't care. I'm going to catch crap for bringing in Starbucks. Sorry, it's not Dunkin' Donuts. I'm going to catch crap for that 100%. I can quote John 316 right now, and I would get nothing but negativity, period. You can't please everyone. Look what you're saying. You're making us not want to be like you. Like, you make us not want to like you by saying that. He could have literally said, oh, yeah, you know, like, those guys deserve it. They work hard, and, um, you know, I, I, I do that a lot of places because I care about them, and they do a lot for us. Um, they don't get a lot of the spotlight. I just want to make sure they get taken care of. Boom. There you go. It's a great answer. He shows you're a good guy, and you bring coffee to the guys in the morning. Done. Instead, he says, people don't care, and I'm going to cash crap for bringing Starbucks, not Dunkin' Donuts. Really? Grow up. Why are you saying any of this? This guy's ridiculous, and look, it's it's gonna keep going. You know that, and like it'll get. It'll, I mean, we don't know. I mean, Farrell said that he's on track. It's all positive in terms of the injury, and um, he, he um he did throw finally since being shut down since the fake injury that happened. <laughs> um, well, fake serious injury. I know, I know, he was actually hurt, but he now has to go out there and pitch, and he's coming back from this injury. And what if he doesn't come back, and now people are gonna call him a baby and call him a whiner and you know should have taken himself seriously and just worked his butt off to get back and pitch instead of complaining the, the, all these storylines are, are waiting and waiting in the pipeline if, if david price isn't healthy come day one yeah and like you said earlier no matter what he does no matter like what happens people are immediately going to jump all over it with this like he did this right before the season the month before the season just totally fed everybody anything they need for any time he pitches poorly, any time he says anything, any time he tweets anything, any time he does anything. Like, he just handed them, like, whatever they need. And it was completely unnecessary. And he could have righted things with this article, and he was given the chance, and he just completely blew it. I, it just baffles me that he was given this perfect opportunity to, like, make people like him, get on a good foot before the season starts, and he just went the exact opposite way. It's like, how dumb can you be? Clearly, he has no idea what, what Boston's like still, if he thinks he can do this and not get anything for it. No, I know, and it's it's getting kind of ridiculous because literally, like, he, he needs to figure his, his self out, himself out real quick because, you know, opening these around the corner, he's got to get healthy and figure out how to pitch, but at the same time, you know, he's he's barely throwing a baseball. I mean, I don't think he's going to be ready come opening day. I know everything's been pointing to being positive, Jess, but... I can't imagine he's going to be ready to go for his first scheduled start. I mean, he's just throwing 25 pitches into a net. 
three weeks before the season starts, that doesn't seem to translate to throwing your normal velocity in a game against real hitters and major league players. Yeah, no, it's... doesn't make sense to me. It, it doesn't, doesn't make sense at like, all, and I don't think yeah. it's going to line up the right way. You know, I, I can't imagine, like you said, Jess, throwing into a net 25 throws a day to pitching a big league game in your opening series to start a potential playoff push type season, you're, you're not going to be ready to go in that, that type of game. And taking it even further, pitching in an opening week game where everyone expects you to be good, and if he's not healthy and he doesn't pitch well, what's going to happen after that? It's going to be even worse. It's like, and it'll probably be, and it'll probably be in the in cold because it'd be scheduled to pitch here, and it'll be the opening yeah, series like of the season. So it'll be cold, and we all know how he does in awful temperatures except for like 80 degrees and sunny. So I wouldn't be surprised even if he did pitch. He'd pitch like two innings and blame the elbow and come out because he wasn't pitching well. Yeah, he probably wishes at this point that he just destroyed his elbow and missed the whole season now that he said this stuff and with the weather being what it is right now. <laughs> does any is any of this stem from just very, being uh, frustrated over being stuff. hurt? Like, does any of this David Price stuff stem from him just having the elbow situation? Is, just, is it stress, or is he really, I mean, does he really feel this way? I think he feels this way. I mean, people were brutal, brutal on him last year because of how he pitched, and clearly he's sensitive and doesn't like that and couldn't take it, so now he's just bitter and angry at everyone and just decides to act like nobody likes him even though people do like him and and that's the thing with this like he claims that no one cares about people's personalities uh look at people who play here david ortiz dustin pedroia people want to know everything about these guys they want to know down to like what they do like like their day-to-day like routine of like getting up in the morning and how they start their day like people want to know everything about these guys (laughs) What, what is he talking about? Has he seen how this works? Like, yeah, seriously, people love that stuff. Yeah, no, I know he. The people do love that stuff. So, I mean, it it becomes to one of those things where you look at the situation, you see what David Price is about. I mean, people, as much as a pain in the butt Manny was, you know, people wanted to get to know Manny because he played well, and people wanted to know, you know, the day in the life of Manny Ramirez because he had that Manny being Manny mantra. And, I mean, good timing because he's being signed to Japan. He was signed to Japan, which is phenomenal. Um, but, you know, people got over it because people wanted to know more about Manny. You know, David Ortiz, people want to know everything about David Ortiz because he's so good and he's a lovable guy. David Price, if he just pitched well, shut up, and got to know each other, got to know people and let people inside a little bit without being a pain in the butt, like, people would like him and people would want to know what David Price is about because he genuinely... I think could potentially be one of those guys where you want to know more. You want to know what his life's like. Astro's a thing for a reason. People like that kind of stuff. And he came to Boston and blew all that opportunity up. Yeah, people want you to pitch well, and they want to get to know you. And obviously, he's along the thought process of, well, I didn't pitch well, so nobody wants to know me. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's more likely than, than uh, if you pitched well. And people, you know, that, that obviously goes hand in hand, but like, if you show that you're a nice person and if you show that you can, you know, handle Boston and, and pitch like you're supposed to, then people are going to want to know you. It might take a little while, but the first step to that is to not say stupid things and to not accuse people of the kind of stuff that he said because that's no better way to pe- have people kick you right out of town than doing stuff like that because obviously now at this point, <laughs> everyone's going to be like, well, he doesn't think we care about him, so we're definitely not going to care about him now. I mean, you know, Manny didn't say stupid things like that. He didn't say like, oh, people don't care about me. Everyone hates me. Yeah, I'm just going to go wallow with my self-pity. You know, that guy <laughs> didn't say that kind of stuff. So it's he's he's screwing himself by what he's saying, and 
not pitching well to start didn't help his cause, but he came here as a high-profile pitcher that people expected to be good. He didn't live up to it, and he's now he's just a little sensitive child who can't handle anything, and he's just making it worse. It's just it's a terrible recipe for every every which way you could think of. Yeah, it's it's, it's ridiculous, and, and we'll have to obviously wait and see what David Price's next move is on Twitter, or or whether it's over the uh, wonderful world of the papers or wherever he talks next. And we'll obviously talk about it when it happens because we know it's coming. We obviously know it's coming, but um, you know it is coming. It's March Madison. As much as um, it's a baseball podcast, um, it is time to talk about the boatload of money you can make this week betting at mybookie.ag. If you haven't checked them out, guys, this is the perfect time to get in the action. The, the March. The Madison March is here, of course, and you can lay down some money and score big on college hoops. Join me and thousands of online players and start betting at mybookie.ag. Are you sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for a payout? Come join mybookie today. I I would only recommend a service that's been good to me and our listeners. That's why I urge you to make your way to mybookie. You win, they pay. Fast and without any hassles, you're wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting, and so you can place your bet after tip-off. You know you obviously want to do that because people forget, you know, hey, people get to do it. You can make that bet after tip-off. Uh, join now at MyBookie. Uh, we'll match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. That's right. If you join with $100, you'll get an extra $50 bankroll to play with. Use our promo code SOCKS50 to activate the offer. It's SOX50. Visit MyBookie today or call 844-900-BETS. Play, win, and get paid we all love March Madness, despite it being a baseball podcast. We all fill up brackets. We all have our fun. Uh, a bunch of our friends I was talking to Jess before the show are doing like a doggy March Madness bracket. Um, so the dogs, basically the way it works is you put two treats down, and whatever side the dog goes to first for the treat, that's the person they pick. It, it gets out of hand, but it's kind of entertaining. <laughs> yeah, people are obsessed with this stuff, me included. It's super fun to analyze the matchups, do a ton And be of research, wrong half the I'm time, sure. but it's fine. Uh-oh. Everyone's always wrong, but you know tomorrow, snow day, two days before the tournament starts, everybody's going to be locked into their computer researching the heck out of everything. I know I'm going to. Oh, tomorrow around here in New England is going to be a huge research day for March Madness, and, and don't forget, check it's, out my bookie. Don't check out my bookie. It's a good time to kind of check them out while I'm getting crying with that, so you can get some bets going. Uh, come first tip-off, for sure, and after first tip-off, because you can do that, which is awesome. Um, we'll go back to baseball, though, as much as I can talk about basketball forever. Um... Stephen Wright, the guy who got hurt running the bases because of our idiot manager, um, did pitch two perfect innings um, today, which is the 13th Monday, um, and did say he felt good. Um, good signs, Jess. I know it's his first outing, but hey, it, it's very good positive sign, especially because he did come in not 100%, um, seeing the guy who is now going to be heavily relied on even more um, to really look good and feel good coming out of those two perfect innings. Super encouraging. I mean, he faced seven batters. He got, you know, he got six guys out. Uh, no hits, no runs, no nothing. Uh, he pitched extremely well. Didn't need to throw a lot of pitches. I even read a couple, you know, like 18 bullpen pitches after the game because he threw so little in the game. So he was efficient. He was solid, and he said he felt good. That's all great signs. Yeah, no, and, and especially for a knuckleballer, you know, at this age, you know, you, you, with a knuckleballer, you could have weird issues, and with a shoulder, you, everything kind of has to be right, and um, we, all know, we all know how sensitive a knuckleballer can be, um, and how sensitive a knuckleball is, so everything needs to be right, and, and it sounds to me, Jess, like everything's firing off cylinders, they'll rip him up, and he'll be ready to go come that first start. Yeah, which I didn't think that was going to happen, because they were talking about how he seemed like he was behind and all that stuff, but I, I mean... He's, he seems to be in good shape, and his shoulder seems to be right where they want it to be at this point of the year. And unlike unlike David Price, I, 
seems like seems like he'll be ready, which is obviously excellent. And if Price isn't ready, even better. Yeah, seriously. Um, and he probably won't be ready. So it is good news that Steven Wright's there and will progress to everybody else that's in, that's kind of through that process as well. Um, one other Red Sox news we wanted to touch on, and of course it's not really Red Sox related anymore because he's not on the team, but we wanted to talk oh, about it. Is. it. Oh, it's yes, because it's Clay Buckholz and you love him still. Um, <laughs> so he was interviewed. Um, he's in Clearwater now, obviously with the Phillies doing spring training, and um, the Globe caught up with him, I believe it was right, and yep. Basically, talk, ask him, you know, like, how you feeling, blah, 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 caught up with him, basically. And he said he had no regrets being traded. Of course you didn't have regrets being traded. You, no one here liked you. Like, you needed a fresh start. Like, as much as some people do support Clay, like you do and other people do, I know Lauren does, there was enough of this city that didn't like him, myself included. He just needed a fresh start. He's going to do well in Philly. They suck. He's going to be a, a quote-unquote leader on that staff, and he's in the National League. Like, it's the best-case scenario for Clay Buckles. Yeah, but I mean that's that's the thing with him, and this I mean this perfectly lines up with what we're saying about Price. Buckles was not well liked, and he still went out there. He pitched, he did his thing. He did not whine. He didn't he didn't whine about people not liking him. And now he's now he comes here afterwards and talk, you know talks about his time here, and, and he said he thought he'd be traded, and he said that uh, it, it, that he said it's good for him to be getting out of Boston in general. But then he said, if we do go back there, that'll be a fun thing for me and my family as well. So he's saying, like, he's looking forward to going back. He said the place is a big part of him. And he said he did say the bad times outweighed the good times. But he said he had a lot of good times, too. And he's, it stinks to say that he had more bad times. But that's how people remember him. And he knows that better than anybody. He heard it from everybody, which is a shame. But he still he can still remember the good times. He can still look forward to coming back. And he even with all the brutal bashing he took. And that, would, that makes me like him more because even that, he's still just kind of taking it in stride and being like, well, what can you do about it? Yeah, and I, I was intrigued by the he said too. Like he said he thought he was going to Chicago for the sale deal. Um, and then he said afterwards, he's like, he, it was coming at some point. You know, there aren't too many guys that, um, like Dustin Pedroia, for example, he said that just stay with one team for the whole career. Like especially in baseball, there's a lot of turnover towards the end of people's careers. Um, so, and, and I think he knew that, but it also intrigued me because it really shows how much these guys do pay attention to these rumors because he said, I thought I was going to Chicago in the sale deal. It's a numbers game and that's the way it is. Uh, they have a really good, uh, rotation. He basically said, I knew my salary matched up with his and it, it made sense for us to be swapped. They pay attention to this stuff. Yeah, they do. Cause they always try to tell us they you... don't. Right. Yeah. Why wouldn't they, you know? their livelihood how can they not pay attention to it you know like especially with clay where all these rumors are swirling around um and you, you know it's coming you want to know where you're going yeah exactly so that was a good art i liked i enjoyed reading that by peter abraham it's it was kind of good to see and makes sense you know he's glad to move on because he spent a long time here and people didn't like him and now he gets to start over and pitch for a different team for the first time and I'm sure he's it's a little bittersweet because he's pitched here for so long, but you know people were pretty bad to him, so I don't blame him. But I'm glad he's not whining about it because he's not David Price. Yeah, seriously. Um, so if you like if you like Clay Buckles, if you don't like Clay Buckles, I thought it was still a good read either. I thought I still thought it was a good read just because you know we we still had to deal with Clay Buckles for all those years, so it's kind of cool to see what he thought about it. But uh, check it out; it's on the Globe. P. Dave wrote it. Um, before we move on uh, to other stuff around the league, Jess, I know you wanted to give a quick update on just uh, CLNS Red Sox coverage. We might as well do it while we talk about Red Sox. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, we got some good stuff coming up. We 
continue to do our spring training reports. I actually just posted one about five minutes before the show tonight. So check out the latest of the last few days. We just do every couple of days and just kind of a recap, short recap of the games and uh, whatever news and notes happen. So pretty much David Price every time. Um, <laughs> so that's going on. Uh, we have our players to watch for. We've started that. Lauren uh, did the first one two days ago on David Price. So if you can't get enough David Price, then she has more David Price for you. So you check that out. <laughs> and then uh, we actually we have our uh, our players to watch for uh, all lined up with who's doing them. So if you're interested in reading about a particular player, uh, next we have Mike Zetapani coming out with uh, Pablo Sandoval. So be sure to check that out. It should be coming out tomorrow. Um, then we have Nick Qualia next with Christian Vazquez. This is his player to watch for, so check that out if you're looking forward to him. Uh, Lars, he has to be after that with Andrew Benintendi. That'll be a good read. Uh, I'm after that, and I'll be writing about Drew Pomerantz. And then to round it out, we got Adam Ballou on Tyler Thornburg and Nick Tasso on Carson Smith. So we got a good lineup of players to watch for. So if you're, if you're watching out for any of those guys, definitely see what our writers have to say about them. And if you like predictions... We got our uh, oh, the wonderful world of the bold prediction article. Yep, yep, bold predictions and over under on several different categories. And yes, Clay Buckles is a part of that. I'm not going to give away how, but he is certainly a Ooh, part of it. That's a big we... market tease right there. Yep, yep. We can't get enough of the guy, so we got him in there. <laughs> and that is being posted a week from today. So next Monday, you'll be able to read about our entire staff's bold predictions, over unders, x factors. Uh, and all that stuff. So make sure you check that out in a week. It's going to be great. Oh, maybe and we'll I touch on wait. that next week's episode. Yeah, I hope to. If, if I get if I get everyone's in time, I should have it posted before the show. So that would be quite so. exciting. If not, we'll get we'll get it in before the season starts. That's for sure. No, uh, and talk about it throughout the entire season, like we did last yeah, year. Yeah, that article became famous last year. So we'll, we'll we got obviously... so much use out of that thing. Yeah, that thing was phenomenal. Um, and they do a great <laughs> job, all the written guys, and obviously Jess, fearless leader of them. So um, bravo to all of you. You guys do a good job. Um, and keeping the people updated when we're only on once a week. Get everyone in between. Obviously, baseball's a seven day a week gig so definitely check them out and uh definitely check out boston sports blogapalooza it's the networking event uh where social media blogging podcasting and boston sports collide with eight events since 2010 attracting over 850 media members fans and business people uh this year's event will be held on saturday march 25th at the causeway restaurant and bar you can register for free at boston.sportsblogapalooza.com uh jared weiss and nick gelso our own favorite too uh gelso of course the founder of clns radio uh, will be the keynote speakers. I will be there. Lauren will be there. I know Sean Backey will be there. A lot of us will be there. Jess won't be, but um, so if you want to come hang out with us, it's a great, it's a great event. We'll all be down there. Um, so check that out as well. Um, before we get out of here, some things around the league that are going on. Um, one thing that I wanted to touch on quickly before we get to the more serious stuff: Chris Bryant signed a one-year extension um, for one point zero five million dollars. Jess, explain why he signed a one-year deal. I would if I did if I knew. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? I mean, just one year. Um, but he said I feel respected about it, so uh, I guess I guess he likes it. Yeah, I don't. I mean, maybe it's just a gap because of the numbers are. I don't know. I really have no idea. That's why I was seeing if you could explain it because I really have no idea. Um, but yes, Chris Bryant did sign a one-year extension for one point zero five million dollars uh, with the Cubs. So whatever. Um, but that being said, that's also weird. Other contract news, Ian Densman uh, broke his left hand after being hit by a pitch. He signed a five-year, $70 million contract in the offseason. 
Um, he has he has to have obviously have surgery, and there's no timetable for that. It's kind of a a big blow there, considering what he was meant to be after that five year deal he signed. Yeah, that's a shame. I mean, for the for the Rockies, a team that's trying to you know trying not to finish last every year, and sometimes they have good pieces, and then they, then stuff like this happens. They sign Desmond for for uh, five years, and then boom, breaks his hand. So it's like I don't know. They can't seem to catch a break. Yes, seriously, it's really unfortunate. Um, It's the Rockies, though. So since that World Series appearance where we swept them, it's all been downhill from there. Um, One one cheesy segue to another, a guy who couldn't catch a break is uh, Chad Bettis. Um, He is taking a leave from baseball after learning that he had his testicular cancer that he has has spread, and he'll need chemotherapy back around he's 27, um, and he's in the 90% range for full recovery. He did have surgery for this in November, um, to remove some cancer cells and was told that he, the surgery was successful and wouldn't need radiation or chemo, but you know, cancer is, is a pain in the butt and, uh, he does now need chemo and it's obviously we wish him the best and it's kind of a crappy situation seeing what he was doing, but uh, obviously hopefully he comes back and potentially can get back into the game at some point. Yeah, it's a shame when it spreads like that. It seemed like they had it under control, but he went back for another checkup and they found, they found more. So hopefully sounds like he's making the right decision to, uh, take some time off from baseball and get it all sorted out because dealing with both of those at the same time might be a little too much so hopefully it gets better yeah no he um it's kind of a crappy situation because you know especially when it sounds like he was all up and uh ready to go and he was had he was seeing the full effects of it and um he kind of it was in remission he was doing well and then all of a sudden to come back and slap you in the face like this hopefully he beats it finally for one last time but we all know, I mean, like you see Craig Sager in basketball is a major example. You never know when it's gone, and it always can come back, even if you fight it as much as you possibly can. So everything, everyone in the baseball world, us included, obviously wishes him the best, and hopefully he comes back soon and has a speedy recovery once the chemo works, for sure. And, uh, yeah, so we'll leave it at that. Obviously, we want to touch too much on that situation. But, um, Jess, that'll, that'll wrap up the show for the week. A lot, a lot going on, of course. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat. Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast for uh, all you uh, nut jobs who want to follow us and see what's going on with the written coverage. It'll be posted everywhere as well. Uh, don't forget to follow CLNS. Uh, CLNS Radio is on Twitter. Facebook is just facebook.com backslash CLNS fans. Um, of course, um, we'll be able to... Uh, kind of help out with everything and show you what's going on of course this is on demand on itunes and stitcher if you haven't please 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 rate review and subscribe to us on itunes and um that only helps us the most as, as baseball season approaches we want to keep keep getting to as many people as we possibly can as the show spreads uh, we'll go back to our shows just as soon as the season starts um because we got to get jess's recap back in there um and kind of keep talking about the little tidbits and complain about little things that we can't wait to complain about because that means baseball season is here and i cannot wait um so until next week lauren should be back next week but for just thomas i am jared scally this has been red sox beat here on clns radio we'll talk to you next week